Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. Is there a specific way you want to be introduced? Uh, yeah, just say Kevin, uh, Kevin or Kevin Earhart from Pixelit. Fantastic. That's that's the way it'll go. Excellent. If, you, if you're feeling if you're not feeling great about the last name, because uh, mm-hmm. I know it's 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 one of those funky German names. You can just go straight with Kevin. I got a funky German. But name. so, yeah, you know? I know you understand. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Do you get weird pronunciations of your last name? Because yeah, for I get, me, I get, yeah. I get Erhard, um, and most common, though, is Erhart uh, with Earhart. a T at the end instead of a D because of Amelia Erhart. The famous uh, one. The famous one with a, a somewhat similar last name, except... Do you think there's an ancient astronaut theory about Amelia 100%. Earhart? 100%. Yeah. There's gotta be, right? <laughs> there's a... There, 100%. There, there is some sort of alien theory regarding Amelia Earhart's uh, uh, disappearance. Uh, here, all the, the three. Amelia Earhart, Jimmy yep. Hoffa, oh, and yeah. Elvis. All... Oh. There's there's alien they're stories about all... They're all the same all, person. They're all the same yeah. person. Uh-huh. It is actually a skinwalker, and mm. if you want to really get into some, some, other, some other cryptid slash alien stuff you know oh and you know i do (laughs) oh boy did you know that we're recording a podcast right now what i thought you wanted to just talk and be friendly oh kevin i never (laughs) talk to my friends without recording them for content gotta content everything let's monetize this that's exactly right uh hey everyone welcome to it's probably not aliens my name is scott nicewander Typically, I would say that I know nothing, but Tristan is not here. He's on paternity leave right now, and he left me in charge with coming up with an episode all by myself. So I actually did research this time, which is very exciting. And joining me on this journey is Kevin, I believe related to Amelia Earhart, correct? Of course, Kevin yeah, the- Earhart, is that exactly how you say it? Yeah, From er- er- Pixelit Yeah, podcast. sure, er- Earhart. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Har- it's a hard T it's is a what hard, you're saying at the Earhart T. Earhart T, Earhart T, yeah, that's from Pixelit, yes. Kevin from Pixelit, that is me. And I, in this particular episode, huh? know nothing. What? <laughs> the tables have turned. I also apologize for doing the clunkiest introduction to an actual human being who is a guest on this podcast that will probably ever happen. I appreciate it. I mean, what's what's better to be like just smooth and unremarkable or mm-hmm. or a little clunky and memorable? I like the clunky. That's what I th- Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. We're going to talk about things cl- clunking together, I think. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm questioning and I wrote this episode. You wrote you I'm looking at the outline right now. It's a beautiful yeah. outline. So today, what we're going to discuss is not necessarily something super cultural or even really super historical. That's more Tristan's whole thing. Instead, today, I wanted to talk about the most basic things that I could possibly debunk by uh, refreshing us all on a little bit of like fourth and fifth grade geology. 
yeah. by talking about things like natural disasters. And that's not geology, though, is it? That's just like natural that's science. Just like, that's called earth science. That's, earth science. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about uh, earth science. We are talking about a little bit of geology because we're going to talk about things like uh, earthquakes, plate tectonics, volcanoes. Those are made of rocks. Yeah. I'm told. You know, Scott, my mom would be really proud of me. She taught earth science for 30 years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did she ever bring any of it home? Did you retain a lot of it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she'd you, you be proud re- that I'm making the effort. I was going to say, you want to rethink that she'd be proud a little bit? <laughs> Uh, so this is the energy we're bringing today true chaotic Uh, neutral today (laughs) so i want to talk about the claims that ancient astronaut theorists make a lot of this uh episode uh, is season four episode four that i'm debunking because they have a lot it's all about natural disasters mega disasters things like that so ancient aliens claims all over the place that that enormous natural disasters are not, in fact, natural at all, but they are the results of alien technology impacting the weather, shaping the earth, molding humanity over centuries, millennia, because we are their playthings, I suppose. What do you think of that one? I buy Kevin? it. I, I buy it. I'm I'm in. Uh Giorgio uh has has got me. Uh he's he's got me convinced. <laughs> he's got me. I've got some great <laughs> quotes from Giorgio Tsoukalos <laughs> as well as David Childress. They had some choice things to say in this episode. So, so I, I choice. Wanna, oh, absolutely. So I want to break this down a little bit. This is not typically the format that we do, I don't think, but I want to experiment. So listeners, tell me if you uh, are liking this format. Tell me tell me what you think. But I want to present their evidence in full. Ooh. Dangerously so, because you could stop listening halfway through and go, Scott said all of this is true. But at the end, if you listen to the whole thing, I will attempt to explain it all in a way that makes more sense than what ancient aliens is trying to get at. And there's some really cool stuff here. It's almost like a court case. It is almost (laughs) like a court case. I'm going to present their evidence and I'm playing both lawyers. I'm going to present the evidence and then I'm going to refute it. And then it's you, Kevin, will be the jury. And I am the jury. Yeah. I am a jury of his peers. You're also the judge because you can tell me to stop talking or elaborate. (laughs) You can... I can I can yeah. shout objection like yeah like judge Phoenix, shout objection I, I yeah. will I will shout out objection like I'm I'm Phoenix Wright so let's get into it so what is the evidence that aliens are controlling the weather or have been it's not just all weather right it's mega disasters it's disasters that are on you know unthinkable scales you know massive tsunamis and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions that destroy entire civilizations aliens might be behind it so the first thing that i thought was interesting that they presented was there are reportings of ufo sightings and strange lights in the sky just before or after massive earthquakes occur as if aliens uh, either cause the earthquake uh, or they're coming to see the final destruction afterwards or potentially the lights are just some sort of you know visual blast of the alien weaponry going off and causing the earthquake yeah i mean that's that's totally true because you know in in some uh and if if i could pause and talk about another cryptid for a second mothman mothman often appears before disasters so maybe this is just like a mothman situation and there's something up in the sky saying hey there's a disaster coming you know just yeah a little, little flare maybe gun it's, it's a warning they did go into that in the episode sometimes the aliens it, they were con- they were like flip-floppy on whether the aliens were trying to warn humanity <laughs> or if they're trying to destroy humanity or they're whether they were just trying to change human history that was yeah. that was the most common phrase in the episode was either way it changed human history and we're like well they didn't change human history it just happened human history just happened it just sort continued happened. yeah uh, we were on a predetermined path beforehand that you could have changed <laughs> yeah because i mean we're jumping over the place already here, yeah. but like that it did confuse me a little bit in this episode where they were talking about how 
on one in one story, they were warning humans about the Ice Age. And in other stories, they were causing massive destructions. So it's like, are the aliens responsible for just some of the mega disasters, but not all of them? Why couldn't they have changed? If they can change the weather, why didn't they stop the Ice Age? I don't know. I, it just it feels very confusing. It might be multiple groups of aliens and they just can't. Oh, they're feuding it out. They're feuding. Yeah. OK. It's just it's like because they did sort of talk about humans like we were the aliens play thing. So this is like an older sibling and a younger sibling right. just being like, stop playing with my toys. Well, if I can't have them, then I'll, I'll destroy them. You know, like that's that that's that could be it. It could be the the greys uh, are, are are saying, oh, I want to do this. And the the lizard men are saying, I want to do this. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a classic struggle uh, amongst Totally real alien races. <laughs> a tale as old as time. So let me talk about these uh, earthquake lights a little bit more. This is a real phenomenon. Did you know that? Have you heard of this before? I had not. No, this is if that you are saying that it's real uh, blows my mind. It is a real phenomenon. The earliest records of lights in the sky before or around the time an earthquake happens dates back to uh, the Senriku earthquake of 869 AD. Uh, There have also just been tons of other reports, mostly throughout the 1900s and continuing all the way through today, as Ancient Aliens uh, has, has talked about. So there are multiple, multiple reports of these this is strange a lights in the sky, earthquake lights. Yeah, this is a, it's a it's a oh, they, they did a whole movie on this uh, a fire in the sky. Did, what is that? I don't know. It's, that a, one. it's like an alien abduction movie where it's like the people would see uh, what looked like fire in the sky. Like it, it has been 30 years since I've seen the movie. I know <laughs> so the title. Can you recount it perfectly. For yeah, sure. Place? There's yeah, um, yeah. we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Just get the gears. Get the gears <laughs> get, turning. No, I'm not, turning. you know, I've, uh, for someone who runs an alien podcast, I don't watch too many alien movies. I got to change that. Yeah, I think I think you're going to have to to uh, split off from the ancient aliens and get in into the the ancient the alien media just so you have those those touch points yeah i mean there was there were parts of this that reminded me of have you ever seen the movie knowing with nick cage no but it has nick cage in it so yeah so it's a movie about nick cage he finds this like i I guess algorithm or something this code that allows him to know when natural disasters are going to happen and they're trying they're trying to figure out where this code comes from and it turns out it's aliens so it almost kind of fits this exact thing of like aliens warning people potentially right and that is the nick cagiest movie i have that is i've ever heard of not to spoil that's a spoiler by the way that it's aliens at the end so that's my bad (laughs) i didn't like that it was aliens at the end it's very silly but it fits with this this podcast yeah so anyway early early recordings you know thousands of years ago and uh people seem to claim or not seem to claim people claim to see these strange colorful lights in the sky sometimes they look like uh like the aurora borealis sort of lights in the sky but sometimes they're like mysterious balls of yellow light uh you know other times they're blue or purple they're you know all sorts of of weird colors uh sort of different every time they happen hmm. and they generally only appear for massive earthquakes at above a 5 on the richter scale which for context uh 5 would be like a moderate you know earthquake everything yeah. above that would be really strong and definitely cause a lot of damage yeah to things yeah so uh and the lights can be seen from like tens of miles away radiating from the the epicenter of the earthquake huh. and again this is like a real thing that is I mean, absolutely wild couching their evidence in an absolutely real thing is uh that's a strong start for for team alien i wanted to work from their strongest <laughs> argument backwards <laughs> Just because I felt like it would be a good hook for yeah. the episode, you know? Like, yeah. I don't want to start with something weak and then people go, oh, they're just going to be silly. I want to sure. start strong. And then we're going to work backwards to to, to see some of their, uh, their weaker stuff. Yeah, yeah. So continuing on in this episode, they also point as evidence that volcanoes and volcanic eruptions, volcanic eruptions, are attributed in many cultures to uh, gods, 
who are, you know, spewing their wrath mm. or judgment or something. The yeah. Indonesian Mount Maripai, you know, they, they talk about that. There's also the Hawaiian goddess uh, Pele, the, the goddess of fire and lightning who resides in Mount Kilauea. And I have some, I mentioned those choice quotes. Choice. I mentioned those choice quotes from David Childress and Giorgio Sukalos. And I have a couple here uh, that I'd like to read. These appear in the episode that we watched and they're great. So this is them again explaining how volcanoes and cultures relating volcanoes to gods are actually clues of aliens. So, quote, all over the world, volcanoes often have some god associated with them who's controlling the volcano, causing earthquakes, causing devastating eruptions. And in fact, in Indonesia, the people there believe that there is an entire city of gods inside Mount Meripai. That's from David Childress. That's right, Kevin. There's an entire city There's of an gods. entire city inside there. Yeah, up in that mount. That's, I believe it. I'll buy it. Inside I mean, of a volcano. Yeah. I love it. I love I, it. It's very fun. Something that we obviously do hear a lot on on ancient aliens is we don't ever want to sort of like, you know, step on other people's cultures or beliefs right. because a lot of this stuff is like genuinely very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 I mean, the Greeks believe the same thing. You know, it's it's a similar yeah, vibe. Mountains are majestic. They got, absolutely. They're, they're up at the sky. You, you love but, them. But the reason I point this out is not to say that, you know, the people in, in Indonesia who believe that there's an entire city of gods in Mount Maripai are silly. I think that's awesome. And I think that's rad. I bring it up because changing it to aliens to to take that sort of culture yeah. and then say, actually, it's aliens inside of there. Oh, uh, yeah. You're, I mean, it's it's just silly. Yeah, it's a thing that we encounter a lot on you're, this show. You're, getting, you're doing a little bit of the, the Tristan sad stuff, and I don't like it. Oh, no. I, when I get, <laughs> trust me, I have a section where I try to make oh, people sad at oh, the end gosh, of this episode. We're going to get sad later? Okay. We're, we might get sad later. <laughs> but this was just one where I just thought, this is a classic example of of ancient aliens taking cultures, taking religions and saying, actually, gods are aliens. Yeah. Uh, except for, and we've talked about this before, but some ancient astronaut theorists draw the line at like the, the Christian God where yeah. they'll be like, Act, that one's the real He's one. He's real. Every other one is the aliens though. They're Poseidon, alien. Alien. Uh, alien technology. Alien absolutely. technology, and everything. And that trident, trident, trident controls the Controls ocean. the seas and the, uh, and the earthquakes. They're not natural. They're alien uh mm-hmm. but you know what is natural jesus christ jesus that's right that's exactly <laughs> right and we can t- we, let's talk about this for a little bit we talked about it a little bit before we started recording but in this episode they they talk about this as well poseidon being an alien who yeah ha- who has a technological trident that you know causes earthquakes right. in the ocean that would create tsunamis and tidal waves and things like that and the reasoning behind it was, you remember it better than I do. Yeah, well, so basically they say Poseidon used his trident to cause a massive earthquake that caused a tsunami that hit the Isle of Crete uh, in the in the Mediterranean. And uh, they said because of that, all of the pagans on Crete who would worship Poseidon and other Greek gods like him uh, died and Christianity took hold. And I, if they're try- they were trying to use that as his motivation for doing it, therefore yeah. saying Poseidon killed the pagans so that the people could worship his good buddy JC yeah. instead of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so wild because they make the claim that like, all right, the reason why Poseidon wiped out all these people is so that Christianity could take hold. You know. <laughs> Christianity, the religion famous for believing in Poseidon. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The religion of Poseidon. Mm-hmm. The father, son, and the guy who tends to the seas. That's exactly <laughs> it. The holy, the holy trinity. The holy trinity. The holy tridentity. Yeah, there it is. We <laughs> there got it there. Is. We got, we got somewhere. <laughs> that's why it's a trident. You're right. We we make jokes good. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing they talk about in this episode. I mentioned the Hawaiian. Uh, goddess Pele. Here's a quote from Giorgio Sukalos. You know, if anyone doesn't know who that is, you definitely do. He's the meme guy who goes aliens. aliens. 
So, quote, when I read stories about ancient volcano gods descending or ascending from and into volcanoes, then I think to myself, are we really talking about something here that's a figment of our ancestors' imagination? Or is there some truth behind these stories? And the answer is yes. (laughs) I don't think he worded that the way that he wanted to. <laughs> is it fake or is it real? The, the answer, answer is, is yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And then he goes on to say it wasn't some type of spiritual event, but it was so, it was where extraterrestrials descended from the sky in nuts and bolts spaceships. And like this is it just it, again Typical ancient alien stuff, taking spiritual, cultural stuff and turning it into aliens. <laughs> We've seen yeah, this a thousand yeah, times. The, the thing I love, love of this is like, he's like, well, the only options are they imagined it or it's mm. aliens. And like, yeah. he leaves off the table that it's like, it could have been a metaphor to explain something else. Yeah. No, can't be that. It's either they were seeing things mm-hmm. or aliens. Or, or aliens. aliens. <laughs> Which <laughs> is what I wonder if that's what... <laughs> unintentionally the, the the answer is yes the like answer is either yes. you're imagining it or it's aliens the answer is yes yeah i think he was onto something there he was onto something bit. there yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's that's volcanoes and we'll talk more about those the next piece of evidence that they have for aliens controlling uh, the world. This isn't actually a disaster thing, but it it points to aliens carving, you know, molding Earth to fit their needs. Uh, But Ancient Aliens does claim that plateaus, like the ones that the Nazca lines uh, were carved into, were actually mountains that were flattened by alien machines so they could land their spaceships there. What do you think about that one? Pretty, pretty I mean, that's that. You know what? I, I, we do that. We, us humans actually do. We do do that. We do that. Do that. It's if, uh, West Virginia used to be, um, it used to have these beautiful mountains and, uh, mm-hmm. there, a lot of them have just been obliterated that the tops have been blown off to get to that beautiful coal because capitalism, uh, <laughs> Oh, we'll get to more of that. We'll get to more of that. So we'll yeah, the aliens were, aliens were just capitalists trying to get to our natural resources. We've talked about that in a previous episode where like <laughs> there are theories that aliens like created humanity as slaves so we would mine gold for them. And it's like, number one, it's like, number one, why would aliens value gold? Like we do that arbitrarily. And number two, like there's just pockets of gold out in the universe that you yeah. can just have there's like like there's like a star that's like a it's not a star it's like a diamond or something like that there's there's yeah. things out there i mean if anything if anything maybe the, the the biggest stretch i could give is like maybe they need um like lithium or rare earth minerals uh what we sure. call the rare earth metals uh and maybe they are as as rare they are as they are here they're rarer out there as well and maybe that's what they need uh, but gold, it's the only reason we like it is because it's gold. It's shiny. It's, it's shiny. You can eat it. People put gold foil on things when they want to pretend like they're fancy. I know that. So this whole idea of aliens shaping Earth and, and doing stuff culminates in the wildest shit I think I've ever heard, <laughs> which is that the earth is actually hollow. It's hollow. It's hollow. There's nothing in there. There's except, nothing in there. Except I mean, there maybe is, cities of yeah, aliens. Yeah, there's whole secret cities of aliens down there. There's oceans other, down there. You know, there's full oceans down there. I, I, I love the reasoning of like, well, you know, we've only ever been able to dig like eight miles down. Yeah. And uh, we know more about the core of the moon than we do about the core of the earth. And we're like, how do we know about the core of the moon? Like, we haven't we haven't we haven't dug the moon. Uh, so so is there some other way that we can we can figure that out? And yeah. why haven't we done that? To Oh, wait, we have done that to the Earth. Oh, we, OK. We, yeah, we, yeah. We, we know that there's stuff. down. 
we drilled that extra ninth mile. We we know we, all the we're secrets. We're down there. We know what's up. Yeah. We you saw that that mine in Russia where it's like you can't fly a helicopter over it because it's so deep it just sucks helicopters uh-huh. in. Yeah. This whole idea. This was originally the or the Hollow Earth was originally the idea that I pitched to you that we were going to talk about. Yeah. Unfortunately, the five minute clip that I sent you to watch had like dozens and dozens of things that I would want to research and dedicate its own video to because it is absolutely buck wild. It is nuts. And it's it's so interesting. But we'll get to it in a future episode, yeah. listener. We'll do it. We'll probably bring Kevin back on just to round out this whole this whole idea here. Earth stuff. But I wanted to mention it because it is wild that they could simultaneously believe that the earth is hollow and then also believe in all of these other things previously that they have claimed about plateaus and <laughs> like how do you get mountain ranges without tectonic plates how do you right. get volcanoes without magma at the earth's core how do, you know like so there's lots of problems And I would like to break down, now that I've laid out their evidence (laughs) and their claims, I would like to break down why I think they don't really hold any water like the Earth's core secretly has with all of its secret oceans, apparently. (laughs) Miss Vito, does the defense's case hold water? (laughs) (laughs) And we will get to all of this right after this quick break, potentially. So, Kevin. Yes. This second half, this B side of the podcast, if you will, is going to have a quiz in it pretty early on. I'm ready. Are you excited about that? Listener, you can participate as well. You can participate. Get yourself some loose leaf paper or just shout it out because who cares? It's your car or your, your, your sink. That you're doing your dishes at. I, yeah, I, you, I know you are doing your dishes right Wherever now. Wherever you're listening to <laughs> us, tweet us exactly where you are at Probs Not Aliens when you're listening to this episode. Yes, that would be fun. Please. That'd be fun for me. So, Originally, I wrote a whole bunch of stuff uh, at first refuting that the Earth is hollow, but I'm going to save that for a future podcast episode. We're just going to work under the assumption that the Earth isn't hollow. If you can follow me hypothetically for a second oh, and just sure. assume the Earth isn't hollow and full of, I don't know, aliens or dinosaurs or something. It's a big assumption, but I'll go with it. We'll, 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 do, we'll, we'll explore it another day, <laughs> but if you can, if you can try to imagine. Yeah. So, do you know what uh, mainstream scientists claim that the Earth's structure is made of? Like the layers. Do you remember in school when you learned oh, the layers yeah. of the okay. Earth? So this is the quiz. Sure. Go for it. It's uh, so you have the the Earth's crust, and yeah. then you have the mantle, and yeah. then you have the something, and then the core. Is it is is it four parts or or how many parts is it? The, it's it is confusing, and I think there's been new stuff since <laughs> I was. New stuff since I was in school. They, they upgrade. They patched it. There's they patched a, it. Version 2.0 yeah. of Earth. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna un. I on the sheet that I share with you. I'm gonna un black out everything. But you got it about right. I'm ish um, passable. Yeah. Oh, crust mantle core. Yeah. Crust mantle core. It, but there are like parts of each one. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I mean, there's. Stuff and we're not within. gonna get into it. Look, you're a geol. <laughs> if you're a geologist out there or an Earth doctor, I don't know what the word is we, look we know that there's lots of little things the continental crust versus like the ocean crust or whatever versus the or like pizza the, hut deep crusts you know the the cheesy filled crust cheesy filled you know bradley upper crust the third from the extremely goofy movie <laughs> we understand that they're all part of the earth yeah mantle upper mantle lower mantle i don't know what the difference is stop asking me but <laughs> It's made almost entirely of solid rock, that one. Then there's the core, which has the outer core, which is liquid. And then the inner core, which is solid because of all the pressure. But they're primarily iron. Yeah. And then these were new to me. I don't know if my school just didn't teach me these or they've been like new. They've been discovered. Yeah, it's 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 just upgraded learning materials, I guess. 
Yeah. Have you heard of these lithosphere and asthenosphere? Was my school just bad? I did go to <laughs> school in South Carolina. So that's so, you know, I believe I've heard those terms before, but the it, it, I could also be thinking that I've heard those terms before. It's like deja yeah. vu is uh, deja, deja vu is basically just your mind thinking that you're remembering something. It's like flooding your brain with the chemicals that yeah. you you feel when you're remembering something, even though you're not remembering yeah. anything at all. <laughs> They're thought fossils. They're thought fossils. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, lithosphere, that's a reference to another episode. You know, I pride myself on not having many inside jokes so that people can listen to whatever episode. thought fossils is something that you can can carry forward. It's good. (laughs) All right. So, these are important. The reason I have this quiz is because these are important things that will help explain other parts of why the ancient alien claims don't really add up based on the science and how we know them today. As always, I'm not a scientist, so just, you know, please don't. This podcast is more entertainment than anything. Yeah. But, so the lithosphere, it's not really mantle or crust. It sort of has parts of both, but... It's got like pockets of magma that cause it to slide around. This is what the tectonic plates are sort of made of. And tectonic plates, for anyone who doesn't know, those are like, I didn't like write this on the script, so I have to pull it from my like fifth grade memory. But tectonic plate, come on, Bill Nye, help me out. Tectonic plates are parts of the Earth's, I guess, lithosphere now. That's a new word to me. Yeah. That shift around. Yeah. Uh, so these are, you know, if you've heard that of Pangaea and then suddenly Pangaea starts breaking apart right. and forming into these other different islands and continents and things like that and colliding together, causing mountains, you know, that's what tectonic plates are. And that's because of the lithosphere. Yeah. Because they, it caused, it's very weak. So it slides around on the earth that's and a, that's what all the movement is yeah yeah, yeah i think that, that was sense. a good that's a good enough explanation i Look. mean if if they can if anyone wants to explain it better they can at me on twitter uh at kevin at it's, at at the arcadeologist or at pixel pod just just at me and i will sit there and listen or my podcast partner will and he'll be con- totally totally confused <laughs> You're doing an enormous service for me because any wrong things now will go to you and not me. They will go to me and I will gladly take them because I I enjoy it when people get indignant about uh, things. It's fun mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so then the asthenosphere is under the lithosphere. And oh, sorry, that's the thing that's weak and allows the plate tectonics oh, okay. to move. So the, the, the lithosphere is the plate tectonics. It's the plates. And then the asthenosphere is like the thing that's like soft and weaker and that allows everything to move the tectonics yeah you got the plates and you've got the tectonics and together they form plate tectonics like captain planet that's exactly <laughs> right those are the important things that's what the earth is that's all it is that's all is that it is. wild it's that's wild. all it is there's no dinosaurs under the earth that are alive anyway. It's like it's like when a baby comes out, the the skull is mm-hmm. is is soft and and this is actually yes. why why Tristan is not here is babies. Um yeah. the skull is is needs to needs to move together and give room for the brain to grow and yeah, and the, then it fuses back it fuses together. back together. And now the earth yeah. is like a baby skull that never fuses. The earth is a baby skull. That's correct. And it never it <laughs> It all it, parts of it collide. It's never fully covered in bone. You know, it's never it's fully always, covered in bone. There's always it's got soft spots every which way. Uh, I really it regret, is a hazard. I really regret that entire uh, metaphor. Well, that's why it's so. That's why it's so dangerous. If we ever got hit by a meteor, because there's more soft spots than not. You <laughs> there's know? more soft spots. It's way too many soft spots for a meteor hit right now. We need a few more years to yeah. to grow the the brain inside the earth before we yeah. can. And that's what the volcanoes are. So anyway. The tectonic plates, the reason I bring all this up, super important because they explain literally everything else that we've talked about so far. Volcanoes, earthquakes, plateaus, they likely all wouldn't exist 
without the structure of the Earth being what it is. Hey, Kevin, here's a big question. Sure. What are volcanoes? Uh, oh, boy. OK, so volcanoes are when there's there's hot stuff. There's yeah, hot okay. stuff underneath the Earth. There's yes. a lot of a lot of pressure and it just starts like mm, needs to come up and it starts pushing its way up and it's forming. I think it normally forms around mount- where mountains normally would be forming anyway. So there's like there, there's the hot stuff and it's for- pushing yeah. the ground up. And then uh, a volcano, it, I mean, there's active and inactive volcanoes. When an active volcano is when that hot stuff is boom, pops the top. Boom. It's coming right out, baby. It's an earth pimple. You got <laughs> it, right? <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah. Uh, Volcanoes are not alien hideouts. No. Necessary. As far as I know, basically all all volcanoes are are places where magma and gases sort of like rise up from uh, the pressure and the temperature inside of the earth and uh, force their way out through the, the earth's surface and over thousands or millions of years the collection of lava that's like spewing out starts to like pile and you know sort of form these like cone shaped yeah. things that are volcanoes yeah you know like the, like the hawaiian islands are are, uh, are exactly. formed out of uh, the activity of volcanoes absolutely and as you said uh volcanoes are often formed where these tectonic plates converge or diverge oh, as yeah. as you know things collide or or rift apart the magma comes seeping up and yeah and that's where volcanoes come from that's great look we're learning a lot of simple geology facts that i remember from when i was in elementary school. i am smarter than a fifth grader that's right take that take that fifth grader Je- jeff foxworthy yeah is that was that who that was the it? host yeah jeff foxworthy All right, cool take that take that jeffrey Here's a follow-up question. Now, I did not know the answer to this yeah. before before looking it up. And this has always been like a mystery inside of my head. Do you know where plateaus come from? Like why they form? I am actually reading your outline right now because I have no clue. I was I, Plateaus are like one of those things where like, oh, that's a neat feature of the earth. It's wild, right? Moving on. But, you know, it's, it's always cool. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like a table up there. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so if anyone doesn't know what a plateau is, it is... It is just like a raised, it looks like a flat mountain. It, yeah. That's what it looks like. It's like a raised up mountain, but instead of it coming to a point or a peak, it just, it's totally flat. Yeah. Uh, actually, this ties into something we were talking about on my show. There's there's a few different forms of it. There's uh, the smallest of which is called a monument. Um, and then it's it's like monument, butte, mesa, plateau, I think, yeah. in terms of the, the, the sizes of this. And then I think sp- it even goes further to like great plateaus or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Something like yeah. that so there's there's a few flavors of yeah. uh, basically the the flat top geographic feature that's exactly right and so it's it's always been weird to me because mountains make sense to me yeah like the reason why mountains are pointy is because they're you know the you know plate tectonics and things like mushing against each other pushing against each other to create these like sort of craggly mountaintops but plateaus, I had no idea where they came from. And there's like a lot of different ways that they can form. But this one was, I believe, the most common way they form and also the most fascinating to me. So when the lithosphere, remember that term, that's like the that's the tecton- that's the plate tectonic thing that's mm-hmm. sliding around. Yeah. When the lithosphere underlying a broad area is rapidly heated by an upwelling of like hot material, magma and such like that underlying the asthenosphere, the little weak part that allows it to slide around, hmm. the consequent warming and and thermal expansion of the uh, of the mantle causes an uplift to the overlying surface. So imagine a flat area and then under it gets like hot to the point where everything starts to expand up word yeah and it's just, it that it just rises the flat area just rises up and that is like a point but just like the this plane just yeah part of it just got, went whoop. it just got hot and it just it got hot and, and it went up it went up that is cool absolutely wild earth to me. is so neat it's so much Isn't cooler earth awesome you know some of these things some of these uh answers are cooler than aliens that's what we say on this show <laughs> 
Now, wait till you hear this next one. This is the one that you're all waiting for. I know volcanoes and plateaus. Some of you might have already known all that stuff. But remember the earthquake lights? I remember them. You remember how they're a real thing? Yeah, they're a real thing. So just a a refresher from like, you know, 40 minutes ago or something. Yeah. Earthquake lights are lights that appear before or after an earthquake happens. They appear in the sky, bright, colorful lights and... Research is still going on as to to figure out why this happens. There's a couple explanations that I've uh, uh, found here. Some scientists believe that the uh, high stress of the earthquake ionizes the oxygen in rocks. Uh And then that oxygen travels up to the atmosphere and continues to ionize the oxygen in the air, which creates pockets of plasma that emits light. That's cool. as as the rocks are rubbing against each other, they're just like creating, you know, oxygen that goes into the atmosphere and creates plasma. They're, and they're doing. And for those of you, uh, for those who can't see, Scott <laughs> rubbed his, rubbing our hands, rubbing together. Our hands together, uh, not unlike Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid when he heals Daniel LaRusso's leg. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty that's much how the rocks is. release and, and create the the ionization. Absolutely. And then uh, another hypothesis is that oh I should I should also say if you don't know what earthquakes come from that's just the play, that's, that's just all like play the fault. it's like yeah that's just fault lines rubbing against every, each other everything yeah. that we that Scott has talked about so far it's all explained by the plates running into each other or moving away from each other <laughs> that's why it was important to establish what the earth was made of yeah. all of these things can be explained by elementary school like science <laughs> except for this stuff which is with the earthquake lights which is interesting so another hypothesis is that some rocks that contain quartz uh, might create intense electric fields when under high pressure like the pressure from tectonic stress. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, um, but it makes sense, I guess, that certain materials like crystals contain electric charges. I get Is that why people believe in crystal like healing and things like that yeah i I mean it that that sounds like a thing that people believe to be a thing (laughs) i mean i've heard of people believing in crystals having healing powers um yeah I have a feeling that whatever electric fields or or whatever possible charges that they might have can probably only be released under, as you say, a period of intense tectonic stress, not by dangling it over your kneecap while while in some downtown L.A. crystal dispensary. I mean, you got to get the root chakra aligned. You can't do it any other way. So those electric fields then may produce light. Yeah. That one's a little more iffy, but it was interesting. It made yeah, me think about it made yeah. me think about crystals and things and Steven Universe. So <laughs> but potentially the most promising lead is that in 2014, researchers found that when two layers of the same material rub against each other, it generates voltage. So mm. re- researcher Troy Shimbrot, I hope I'm saying that right, of Rutgers University reported, quote, when the grains split open, he was like rubbing um, like, you know, grains of rocks and, and mm-hmm. sands and other materials together. When they split open, they measured a positive voltage spike. And when the split closed, a negative spike. Uh, that's the end of that quote. But the, this crack allows the voltage to j- discharge into the air, which then electrifies the air and creates a bright electrical light when it does so. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like just stuff rubbing against the same stuff yeah, I mean, might it's- create voltage, which could make electric you know, lights in the air. Yeah, it's 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 basically not unlike lightning in in some regards in terms of of just a discharge of of yeah. electric energy. Earth like lightning from the earth. Earth lightning. lightning. Earth earthquake lightning. I don't know. There's Qu- got to be a cool name. Quietening. Quite quite quietening. Well, quiet, in, in the Highlander, quietening. it was called the quickening. So they're very they're related. They're related because there think. can be only one. The reason why this is so interesting is that uh, because these lights happen before an earthquake in a lot of cases, researchers hope that by getting to the bottom of this phenomenon, it could provide more information that will allow them to predict when earthquakes are going to happen and, you know, get people to safety faster, yeah. which is super important in these, yeah. you know, huge, huge disasters. Yeah. However... 
I'm going to have to burst the bubble here. Oh, no. Remember when I said that this is a real phenomenon? Yeah, you got me. You got me all believing in it. Why? What? What's up? What, what are you going to tell me? It might not be a real phenomenon. You're ruining my night, Scott. <laughs> I know. I wanted this to be true so bad when I heard it. So as cool as this sounds, and there are reports of this happening. Um, and again, especially for how it would help detect earthquakes before they would happen. We still don't have a clear idea of what these lights even look like. Mm. Accounts seem to have been wildly, you know, different. They have, they have wildly different descriptions over all the different reports, all the different locations throughout all the years. They don't line up with one uh, with one particular, you know, visual image. Uh, right. So that indicates that they might not be real. There's not one sure. thing that people are seeing. It could be they're seeing all different kinds of light phenomena or they're seeing none at all but they're thinking they're seeing something but yeah. really it's just like a funky cloud or something yeah. which is like the most disappointing kind of alien uh, it's just a cloud a cloud that is that's sad when you really think that you've seen an alien and it's just you know a cumulonimbus cloud or mm -hmm. something like that's that's a name of a cloud i think sure uh, i think so i th you see i'm really you sounded confident to, yeah I, I stated at the beginning i wanted to make my mom proud and that was that was a, that was an effort <laughs> Efforts were made. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you explained volcanoes good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the disappointing part of it is I mentioned at the start that some people see blue lights. Some people see yellow spots, uh, you know, like uh, orbs. Some people see, you know, this like Aurora Borealis sort mm. of thing. Um, some people see multicolored stuff. And because there's no clear like this is what they look like. This could just be the case of a lot of anecdotal reports and right. people people putting them together as if it is the same thing when right. they could be all kinds of different things. And it could be the case of, you know, scientists searching for something that doesn't exist and right. coming up with explanations for something before it's even proven to be a real thing. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what you should we, we, what you should do. And yeah. it's sort of we a big know. fault of shows like Ancient Aliens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They the Ancient Aliens really ro really rolls with the uh, I want to I, I like to call it like the Ben Shapiro logic of just like take this hypothetical as true and then go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, if we were to take the hypothetical that the Earth was full of stuff and not hollow. Right. Which we all know it's hollow. Right. Yeah. So that I mean, all doesn't the last 20 us. minutes or so is it's I mean, it's pointless because we all know it's hollow. Yeah. So. This is this is all just like a weird thought experience. A weird thought of it. But, but imagine <laughs> you can just if you ignore will. this whole podcast. Imagine if you will. Yeah. That it's not. Yeah. Oh, oh. you got my attention. Hey, no. So uh, I just want to end this uh, episode. We've learned a lot, I think. I think we have. I have a couple more things to say. I've got like a big soapbox to get on in a bit. But I, it just did, it left me with like a really interesting question that ancient aliens tried to explain away with, you know, aliens. But it made me wonder why there are so many myths about gods controlling the weather and controlling nature and things like that. And uh, there is one last choice quote from Giorgio Tsoukalos that I had to include in here. Our favorite. Because uh, it gets right to the heart of this question. Yeah. Quote, is there something extraterrestrial behind these stories of volcano gods? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> because all around the world, our ancestors worshipped nature. There was a god of thunder. There was a god of rain and even a god of a volcano. However, there was a fine line between worshipping nature and worshipping something else. And that something else was extraterrestrials. Giorgio Tsoukalos never disappoints. Never, never changed, Giorgio, because, um, yeah, that is that's a lot that that is he he just taught he just he just puts it out there and does not care at all. And you have to respect <laughs> it just a little bit that he is so he so, believes in He's himself so, so yeah. much. He could teach us a lot about self-confidence. <laughs> he sure could. Uh, yeah, I, I just love that there, there was a fine line between worshiping nature, nature and worshiping 
worshiping something else. Doesn't go into detail about what that fine line is or when one one thing applies versus the other, but that's okay. I guess he's just leaving us up to our, you know, best judgment. Yeah. So we mentioned Poseidon, we mentioned uh, Pele, we mentioned the gods at Mount Meripai, all sorts of other, you know, weather-related stuff. We've heard of Thor. He's a superhero. Yeah. So these are gods from all different sorts of cultures who control the weather, control nature, and so many cultures had tons of, you know, sun gods are everywhere and all across all sorts of cultures. And rather than filling in the why, why are there so many gods yeah. of nature with, you know, well, it's because the aliens control the weather <laughs> and the aliens are gods. I think there's a much simpler answer. And I bet you probably know it yeah. <laughs> off the top of your head if you wanted to. I mean, I don't know. Sure. If you wanna, I mean, I'll go yeah. for it because like uh, a lot of times uh, when in, in ancient societies, uh, gods and religion, religious practices, and, and a lot of people still practice these uh, religious practices today, but uh, the gods and the stories about the gods were used as a way to fill in the gaps in their own knowledge. Why is it raining? Well, there is a there's a god of, of rain that is either pleased or displeased, depending on the context of the rainfall. They were they were ways that we as humans, we love to understand things. And yes. when we can't understand things, we have the urge to fill in the gaps. And when we find new information, uh, scientifically, we take that new information and we replace or we adapt um, yeah. and and we move on. And and again, they they use the the Dogon people, unfortunately, as an example in this very episode. And yeah, it was do. a bummer to see them brought up again and be like, well, they believe in Sirius and be like, come We've on, guys, over we've been over this, you know, so yeah. That that's basically the why. That yeah, is the why. It's a exactly. very simple answer. It, it's a it's a very simple answer. And I mean, to go into it just a little bit further, like nature and the weather are so vital to the existence of humanity yeah. that you know it controls to to a very large extent where we're able to live, uh, what kind of agriculture we're able to achieve. And, you know, weather specifically or or nature in general is where everything that humans live off of, you know, that's where it originates. So, like, it's so vital understanding, understanding nature, understanding weather, even when you don't understand nature and weather, as you were saying, we come up with these stories and we come up with these myths and we come up with these cultures that try and help explain something to give us a little bit of control back in our lives. Yeah. So throughout human history, we've relied so much on on nature and weather to survive. And we love, you know, humans love patterns. That's a thing that we know about the human brain. So having a culture or religion that aims to help explain something as incredibly difficult to predict as weather lends a comforting sense of like understanding and control. And so instead of being frustrated that you can't do anything when you want sun and there's no sun or you want rain and there's no rain and you just have to deal with what the weather is, instead of just being frustrated and living with that, suddenly with the implication of these gods that you can, you know, pray to and sacrifice to and and try to appease, it gives you something that you feel like you can control. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it just feels a little bit more more comforting. It's probably much more comforting that way to for someone to hear that, you know, tsunamis happen because Poseidon was angry. So all you have to do is appease him. Right. And then there won't be any more earthquakes in the ocean. And then, then it's probably not as comforting to hear that tsunamis happen just because that's how the earth is built and it sucks and it's not fair sometimes. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's not fair. And, and, um, but I totally understand the need to try to exert or find that modicum of control yes. in your day-to-day life because it feels like chaos without it. And then taking that away from them and saying like, whoa, aliens. Aliens. <laughs> so you have to appease the aliens instead of the, and who knows what the aliens want? Who knows what the aliens want? Yeah. Gold, apparently. Gold, they apparently. Need earth gold. Earth gold. Um, so. This is the part where Scott makes you a little sad. Bring it on. I'm ready to cry. Cue the sad music. So imagine this dystopian future where terrible weather is happening around the globe, which I know is hard to imagine right now (laughs) that the earth is 
being plagued by terrible weather. Couldn't be us. It's another hypothetical, <laughs> you know, if you can go with. Yeah. Controversial take, Kevin. Hot take. I think the Earth is great and I think we need it. But Elon Musk says we can Mars, move to Mars. He, he did say that. Yeah. He did say that we could Mars. Um, <laughs> we can Mars. <laughs> we can Mars. We could Mars if we wanted to, if Elon was so gracious about it. But I think until then, and even after then, yeah, it's probably worth taking care of the planet that we have right now. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yeah. Just a little bit or a lot. I mean, if if this podcast has, has shown you anything, I think it's that this world is full of really interesting places and history and it's, it's you know, and just current people right now who exist. You and me and really that's just it. You and me, Kevin. Yeah. That's really it. It's, it's yeah. a dual solipsism right here. Yeah. So for our sake, we need to save the planet. And uh, you may have heard in the past that uh, just like a, hun- a hundred companies are responsible for over 70% of global emissions. And that is true. It does come from a statistic in 2017. So the numbers may have changed since then. But I want to point that out because it's not necessarily like a you and me can do it by stop using plastic straws right. sort of a thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's a big it's corporations. It's, yeah, it's, is, it's, it's the capitalism. big boys. It's 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 the fat cats with their capitalism. And that's what it is. It's it's the we we all read the Lorax as kids. And we read for it. a bunch of us, it seemingly didn't think it didn't sink in because the Dr. Seuss, he told us there's the Onceler and the Onceler is going to take he's going to he's going to chop down all the yeah. truffle trees and he's then gonna we're that. not going to have any more. But but real life, that's but that's, then real life happens. But that's that's actually happening. Happening in real life. The thing Dr. Seuss wrote about decades ago in yeah. the Lorax is a is real thing that is happening right now. Yes. <laughs> and and there's a hundred big companies making their sneeds. Or so, again, statistics may have changed since then. But yeah, it's the sure. general idea, yeah. right? And so it's frustrating because we all probably want to tangibly help uh, the planet, which is why things like Team Trees or Team Seas are, are so popular. Mr. Beast does that. And I definitely don't want to drag that down as a bad idea. Like any help to the planet at all is great. But the reality is that uh, if you don't know what Team Seas is, for example, it raised like 30 million U.S. dollars pledging to remove 30 million pounds of marine debris from the ocean last year, which was it's, it's, it's genuinely amazing. But the frustrating part is uh, there's nearly 50, 50 million pounds of plastic. So they they removed 30 million pounds by the end of last year. But there nearly 50 million pounds of plastic go into the ocean every day. <laughs> that is that is less than a day's worth of garbage going into the ocean that they that they managed to get rid of. Now, again, I don't want to knock on on those sorts of things, because, again, anything. I mean, that's that is still a massive. That's 30 million pounds of plastic yeah. that's not in the ocean. Right yeah, now. it's amazing. But we also, I mean, if we're going to save the planet, little acts like that. I mean, they, they, they feel huge and they are huge, but I think. I firmly believe that the way to do it is political change, yeah. you know, not to mention the places that are the most vulnerable to climate change's negative impacts are countries and communities that are home to largely non-white folks. So if you can donate anything to save this wonderful planet that we're on, please, please, please donate to a charity like the Sunrise Movement, which seeks to end the corrupting influence of fossil fuel executives on our politics and to elect leaders who stand up for the health and well-being of all people. Because yeah. uh, like I said, you know, going up, picking up trash, it's all so helpful genuinely. But I th- I think that the way to make the biggest impact is through fighting a good political fight, Yeah, so, which I know is not as... It's not as fun. It's not as fun. It's not as sexy. It's not. It's it. But I agree. It's uh, it's not going to be an individual and it's not going to be a charity necessarily uh, picking up trash on the side of the road that that does it. It's going to be a system in place that looks after the well-being of the earth that we all live on and we all love because it's our only earth. It's the only one we got. It's true. Until we Mars. Until we Mars. Until we Mars. Until we Mars together. 
together. Let's all Mars together. Let's all Mars together. So that's the episode. I know it was a bit of a soapbox at the end there, but this this thing, this is climate change is really important to me personally. Uh, (laughs) As I said, it really only benefits me and Kevin. So like that, I'm 50% of the people that this really affects. Right. So I can't not talk about it. Sure. Kevin, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. I love talking about this stuff. Thank you. Where can people find more of you and your work on the internet if they like hearing your voice and they like hearing your jokes? Oh, boy. If you like hearing my voice, I have a podcast called Pixel It. And on Pixel It, we read and review books that are are, are novelizations of video games. So yes. Scott was actually on uh, yes. a couple weeks ago or, or whenever this airs. He was on previously to talk about the novelization of Mega Man 2, which was absolutely fun and hysterical and we loved having him on yeah uh, so if you want to if you want to listen to us pixel it we are available on every podcast uh network uh wherever fine podcasts are freely distributed uh yeah. you, you can find us there and if you want to find me on twitter i am at the arcadeologist or you can follow the pixel it pod at pixel it pod we also have a website pixelitpod.com for all your podcasting needs yes and we'll have all those links in the description to this episode I highly, highly recommend checking out the the Mega Man episode that we did. Uh, the two-parter ep- episodes that <laughs> we did. There's two of them yeah. you can listen to. Yeah. We it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had on a podcast because <laughs> it was talking about a book based on a game I had never played before. So, so many <laughs> layers removed from the actual source material. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was just a delight. Uh, please go seek that out. It, it, it was amazing. Tristan couldn't be here, but if he was, I'm sure he'd want me to tell you to uh, follow us at Probs Not Aliens on Twitter. And uh, you can find me, what? Uh, huh? At NerdSync. That's my YouTube channel. N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Hopefully I have a video out this year by now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if I do. I believe in you. And then I'm also just on Twitter at Scott Nice Wonder. I don't plug that one as much, but yeah. uh, I'm going to do that. You at should. Scott Nice Wonder. Yeah. Follow me. Follow him. And uh, thank you to everyone who wrote reviews for the podcast. Uh, I think from now on, we're probably just going to read the name of people instead of the full reviews because these episodes are getting longer and longer it seems yeah. uh, these days so uh next time that i record i'll have some names uh pulling up we have we have over 100 reviews on itunes and that's wow. amazing I, I think you can review on spotify now you can I've heard that you can oh, it's, that's please it's yes it is not uh it is not obvious that i think it's in one of the little three button menus up at the top but you can you can drop four stars on spotify amazing. that's i think where most of our audience you're, you're not doing that bit anymore, right? It's five stars oh, now. The four, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> five stars You know only. what? We'll be five stars on Apple Podcasts, and then we will be four stars on Spotify. Cut no, to I'm six not doing months, it again. Cut six months later, there's just another pile of regret over the bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing it. Uh, but yes, thank you to everyone who's, who's doing that. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, the truth is out there. Uh, probably maybe <gasps> that's not what it is it's probably oh god i probably. ruined it <laughs>